welcome to episode 10 of the Salad Cast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined, as usual, by Ollie Warner. Afternoon, mate. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a tough podcast this week, isn't it, Ollie, with results on Saturday not going Shrewsbury's way again. But um, yeah, we're 10 league games in now, aren't we, which is which is an interesting point to be having the podcast and starting to think about where we are. So we, we thought we'd get a guest back. Um, so yeah, welcome to Sean Evans, who's back for maybe his second, third time. I can't quite remember. Um, third time, mate. Third time. There we go. Yeah. He's a regular, Ollie. And um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to have another voice to sort of start reviewing this 10 games in period, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely to get Sean's view and maybe he can give us a bit of an insight as a manager himself. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's some... We're not short of um, discussion points as for Cyril. We're certainly not. And before we get into really the meat and uh, veg of this of this podcast, which is the Shrewsbury Gillingham game, Sean, I suppose, we're going to get to a review down the line. We're going to have a little period looking at the first 10 games in the league and, and obviously the other games as well. But mm. what's, what's, what's one word to describe how you feel about the, the sort of Shrewsbury town at the moment? Frustration. Mm. Massive frustration. I can... I've said this many times, I can see potential in this team, but, but every week at the moment we seem to be coming out with, well the club do as well, the same spiel of we were unlucky, yeah. no teams in this league have scared us, well we've won <laughs> one game, it, it can't keep going on like this, we can't keep coming out with the same excuse, we did it years ago and we got relegated, um, we did it again and we almost got relegated if it weren't for Paul Hurst we would have done and let's be honest that yeah. was a miraculous recovery what he got us out of um, but it's just it's just so frustrating at the moment because you can see there's a bit I personally feel there's ability there um, but why is it not coming out? Mm. I think we'll, we'll touch on that more won't we Ollie as we get into the review yep. but um, yeah certainly I think that the, the game we're going to go on to now Shrewsbury versus Gillingham kind of brings out a lot of those points Sean and probably crystallises why we're feeling like we feel so I think really unfortunately let's crack on with reviewing Shrewsbury Town versus Gillingham Ex-Fleetwood wingback Junior Brown's hopeful ball over the top fell to Jim O'Brien who finished definitively to open the scoring so Shrewsbury Town two, Gillingham two. Um, very frustrating yeah, for them to con- um, for us to concede at the end of the game. Yeah. After we'd clawed our way back, so they scored first to make it one um, nil going into the half time, um, and then um, Shrewsbury Town managed to um, score two goals. Um, Ollie Norburn and Angle scored. Ollie Norburn scored in the 88th minute, and we thought that you know we'd be able to hold on to that. But a clamorous, terrible piece of football from Shrewsbury Town um, <laughs> meant that Tom Eve's got the ball in the box. And uh. while we can criticise Tom Eve, and we some of the fans gave him some jip. Um, to be fair to him, he does know where the back of the net is and he finished quite nicely. So, yes, very frustrating for Shrewsbury and, yeah, we could have got a second win of the season um, against a team which is fair to say are not doing very well. So, Gillingham were below us um, when we went into this game. They'd lost back-to-back defeats and um, there's a lot of pressure on their uh, manager um, who obviously didn't had a a bit of a rollercoaster season last season didn't end that well and yeah some of their fans are calling for their manager's head so for us to to not beat a very poor Gillingham um, side um, was very disappointing so yeah so Glenn who who started this game there was one kind of surprise change wasn't there yeah I suppose really the surprise change was the was the sort of uh, change in the in the front players which I'll come to in a minute but yeah we played with the same back line as usual so Coleman and goal uh, Emmanuel Waterfall Sadler and Beckles um, the same central three midfielders of Grant Doherty and Norburn and then a little bit of a tinkering with, with the sort of up front positions of Wally playing out on one wing Holloway got his uh, place back up front as the, as the main striker and Angle was shunted out left um, in front of Beckles, which was an interesting change to say the least, Sean. I don't get it. I, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. We were stood in the uh, in the fan zone and we saw, oh great, we've gone to up top, and that's the only way I could read it. But then I was trying to work out, it's like, well, who's going to go on the left? Who's mm. going to go on the right? But then to see Angle start on the left, it was just like 
Bradford again with pain out there. Yeah, it didn't work against Bradford really, did it, Ollie? And it certainly didn't work on Saturday. No, and for, just to clar- clar- clarify this point as well, where obviously everyone was watching, and um, I even tweeted during the game a little little image of Angle dropping back, and he was definitely playing the same formation and exactly the same tactic as as we have been with Gilead playing on the left wing. So yes, he did drift in, but that's the license that um, the manager gives to his wingers that they have the chance to kind of drift where they want. Yeah. He was playing that um, attacking left midfield role again. He did, and, and he got lost a few times. He seemed to be turn up in all sorts of positions and didn't help the way that the team knitted together in that first period, which we'll come to in a minute. It's just very disjointed and very like people pointing where he's supposed to be, what's going on sort of thing. Yeah, massively lost. He just, and like I say, I said about Payne, the first game against Bradford, Payne is a fox-in-the-box target player. You don't play him out on the left. No. Same with Angle. He's, yeah. he's our top scorer. What, why are we playing him out on the left? We can't score goals. But the thing is, we didn't even use him. So if we'd used him as a you know, a Manjuchik kind of target man. So you remember last season um, when we were playing away at Rochdale, and if you guys went to that game where they, um, where Rochdale used to target man on the flank, a bit like um, a bit like Ashton suffered at, um, in the playoff final, you know, where you have a, a target man on the wide and it can work well, but he wasn't working as a target man. The only positive I could say is we had our best threat going forward at front, sorry, on the pitch, but he wasn't playing up front. No, so. he worked hard angle, to be fair. We'll come to his overall he performance did. as we go on. But um, yeah, it was just, so that was interesting and we sort of lined up and um, it wasn't the four four two that a lot of fans had sort of been wanting, but um, we might get there. But the, yeah, the sorry, I guess Sean about four four two. So um, I find I get frustrated by this when we have this conversation quite a bit. I mean, yeah, four four two. I don't. Last week. I don't really agree that four four two is any better or makes you more attacking. I think I like having that dominance midfield. But I don't know, Sean. What's, what's your what's your view on this? Do you think we'd be better doing four four two, or do you think we'd lose the kind of the strength in centre midfield? I think we'd lose the strength in the centre midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the formation works. There is a part of me that thinks we could we should change it up a little bit. There's been times this season, I look back to the Bristol Rovers game where they're down to 10 men. Why didn't we go to 3-5-2? Get an extra body up top. You've still got your same three in midfield and yeah. you've got two wing backs. They weren't really doing anything to us across the back. But then it's the same again yesterday. I mean, I, there's been times I think, well, let's just change it up a little bit. Let's get... We can keep our same formation in there, but then you've got an extra body up top. Mm. 4-4-2 for me is a, is a bland formation. It's a Mike Bassett formation. Um you're not losing your your three key players in midfield, but then, like I say, you've got your pace down the wings, and you've got your two up top. Right. It just seems this reluctance to change to something a little bit more. Yeah, he's slow dynamic. to change it, Sean. You're completely right to point oh. that. And he did eventually go four four two later in this game, which, as I say, we'll get to when we get to the second half. And it completely opened the game up, and actually showed us to have just as many faults. You know, defensively, mm. very similar to what I talked about last week at Scunthorpe. As soon as you take Grant off, you just you expose us completely. And the way Waterfall and Sadler are playing at the moment, it, it's disastrous in some respects. So, mm. well, we'll get to that as we go on. I mean, in terms of the game, we'll, we'll probably start where, we, where it didn't start, is probably the best way to say it. We, we obviously got a, a team out ready to crack on, and suddenly uh, their goalkeeper notices a massive hole in the net, Ollie, which um, kind of was... Sort was of the sim- linesman who... Well, linesman, was it linesman, was it? Well, he should have... Yeah. Was he, yeah. But it, it just kind of set the tone for the rest of the day, didn't it, really, of disjointed... <laughs> Broken football, slow play, and um, yeah, not great, was it? I mean, I saw the groundsman had his phone out. He was obviously phoning for help, and um, yeah, I felt like I've had a roller tape. I should have just chucked it on. We could have got on with the game, but that obviously delayed us by six minutes. So um, yeah, it wasn't an ideal start, was it? Really, for everyone ready to get watching the game? Yeah, I've um, the funny comments that I was hearing in the stand was really funny. Was the uh, doesn't matter, we won't be using them anyway, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which yeah, it was used once, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 once it was used, um, but. 
it just yeah. but it was it just happened all the way through the game it was a delaying tactic I don't know if it was a Gillingham kind of thing like the second half we go into they, they did it the same at half time yeah the goalkeeper but, came out with like from three four minutes behind didn't he and no there gloves there was rumours he went to the toilet oh dear oh, but if go. that's the case that's cracking delaying tactic that is <laughs> if that's what it is they're coming to frustrate us but yeah for, for oh, waiting six dear. minutes at the beginning of the game Christ it just yeah. seemed to set up the day perfectly there we go so how, how do, once we got going Ollie what did you make of the start of the game we didn't start too badly um but yeah we didn't really kind of kind of we warmed up a little bit but we didn't really sparkle um and the first half worth saying the first half was pretty woeful um we started really when the first kind of highlight really was a shot for Norburn after Holloway um found angle on the left and they kind of linked up and he had a decent effort yeah straight the keeper um, won it yeah, and then it went. Then we had a. Then Waterfall headed over from a corner, one from a Doherty shot again. Um, kind of long shots, kind of summarised um, the kind of the, the the first kind of spell of the, the game until they scored. Yeah, yeah, I was I was quite confident in the start yeah. in terms of I watched Gillingham play and I was watching us trying to get our game going and having seen us play well in some games, I thought, yeah, once we get going here, it'll be fine because Gillingham looked awful. You know, mm. in all honesty, the whole game for the whole game they looked awful from ninety from the whole ninety minutes. I thought, um, which is embarrassing that we drew with them. But so I was thinking, once we get going, once we figure out, and it just you're right, Ollie, it never quite happened, did it? And um, you know, even just before the goal, you couldn't say they'd particularly been threatening, and suddenly, obviously, that goal come out of nowhere. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly like I thought we could see us. I was honestly confident before the start of the game. I thought, yeah, we'll walk this and two me. nil. Yeah, but wasn't to I, was, be. I was. I was confident. You, but the thing is, like with Shrewsbury Town, we are, and it has been. Doesn't matter who the manager is or who the players is. We are the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Whenever, whenever there's somebody on a bad run, great. You know that they were going to, we we're going to give them a little bit of a helping hand. <laughs> it happened, it's happened every single season. But I was confident going into the game. I thought if we can. Get rid of that Scunthorpe performance because the second half at Scunthorpe was was dire. was dire. But then the week before that was very positive. So mm. we went two steps forwards, four steps back last week. But then it was like, okay, we know we can perform at home. We're coming up against a team that is short on confidence. Um, yeah. But again, we gave them a leg up first half. And the goal basically sums up Shrewsbury Town at the moment, Ollie. That that first goal, doesn't it? It was poor, wasn't it? <laughs> so, um, so um, Gillingham kind of. Was it their first attack? I Pretty much, really remember. yeah. It feels like um, it. Yeah, Manuel gets done quite embarrassingly. Didn't really. Then, then there's a shot at Coleman which he couldn't hold. And then Waterford tried to, to head of the ball, which seems to be the only thing he can actually do. Um, kind and of. And then he fails. <laughs> and then the kind of the striker kind of sneaks the ball over the net in the kind Ugh. of the scramble of it, and Sadler couldn't get to it. And it was just, it was it was what you'd what you'd expect to see watching Sunday league football, like you know. What, but you couldn't even call it conference football, or that would be you know that would be too rude. It's, it's a classic Sunday league or schoolboy football goal. It was awful looking at the goal. You know, it just looked like a catalogue of errors, and there were some errors in it. And Coleman's obviously sort of spam-handed it off a little bit, if you want. And um, the way it just loops over, and you've got defenders scrabbling to get it back, it just shows a team that are all kind of just a bit disjointed and out of position, really. But um, I don't know. As, as the manager of the Telford Ladies team, you'd be a bit, <laughs> you'd be a bit outraged by that goal, wouldn't you? Uh, I'd be absolutely fuming at that. <laughs> I'd be absolutely fuming, and luckily we we have conceded some rubbish goals this year, but we haven't conceded anything as bad as that. Oh, really? Oh, god, no. that's not good. Well, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> funny little, um, funny little Telford story. Um, I heard that um, Sean Wally, obviously, he played for Telford, didn't he? He has a bit yeah. of a soft spot, and um, Sean Wally's taken Telford all the way to the Premier League on Football Manager. He's oh, got a, a big soft spot for them. He, he said he brought um, him himself and Nolan, 
and help them get to the Premier League, oh, that's good. which is quite funny. Well, he might want to put his CV into Shrewsbury Town in a couple of weeks, really. He's obviously got some experience. <laughs> player manager. There might be a job going the way it's going, so you never know, do you? We've had some good player managers, you know, over the years, so it might be Absolutely. might be the solution. Um, oh, dear. Oh, well, I, I, to be honest with you, it, he can like Telford what he likes. We're scraping but, um, on the barrel here, aren't we? It's not yeah. good. But, um, yeah, so, so then the goal yeah. went in, and there was a lot of groans around the stadium, mm. I noticed, and people were just a bit... Like even at that point in the game, what was it like? I don't know. I'm gonna to have to go just back up the top of the agenda. But what was that? Very early on, 18 minutes in. 18 just, minutes. People in. were already starting to fear the worst then because of how it's been going. And um, yeah, we didn't recover and really try and impose ourselves on the rest of that first half at all. It was poor from from the rest of that half for me. I mean, we had chances and we certainly had a lot of the ball, but it felt like Gillian just took a little step back and thought, well, we've got the goal here. We can kind of keep keep to try and play shoes with a little bit arm's length and we just never had any real solutions and certainly no cutting edge like usual to try and get back in the game and um yeah it, it was a quite a lot of shots and, and and but it was all kind of long rangey stuff wasn't it Ollie? and i noticed you've made a note on the agenda that says left foot strike from wally please stop exclamation mark i think you're a bit sick of his long shots are you i'm sick of his long shots on his left foot which <laughs> you don't even be used to stand on yeah like, fair point Ollie. Like, it's like we seem to think that we're going to our midfielders seem to think that they they have the ability to score wonder goals. Um, I don't know. I don't have the stats to back it up, but I doubt it. There's you know teams. I doubt it. There's midfielders in the Premier League who have many long range shots as we do. I don't know if it's got. They just don't trust each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, Wally keeps shooting with his left foot. Mm. Please don't. No. Please just don't do it. Which what? game was it where he shanked it out almost for a throw in? Yeah, was, that was. I think it was season. at home to Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That summed it up perfectly. But he has hit some worldlies, hasn't he? That's the thing. And so but not with his left foot. No, no, not with his left foot. He's I right agree. Footed. He's a right-footed league league one. He's a light right-footed league one winger. <laughs> he's got. He's not Ronaldo. <laughs> he's not Messi. No. He's, he's got a right foot. No. Use it. Yeah, or pass true. to someone else. Very true. And and I mean, while we're talking about Wally, it's probably worth having a more rounded discussion, really, because. His performance was was Wally esque, wasn't it? He had some good moments where he was getting down the wing and he got a few good crosses in that we couldn't do enough with. But also his set piece delivery. I've put in block capitals. We need to talk about Wally's set pieces, right? Because mm. when we've got so much of the game like we have had for most games this season, with the free midfield, we have a lot of the ball, probably a lot more ball than some of the other teams that we, we play. We end up, end up getting lots of little free kicks on the sort of inside their half that we can chip in. Um, we get a lot of corners. We had a lot of corners on, on Saturday. I don't know what the stats were, but it was a lot. And Wally was basically ineffective from every single one he took. And even towards the end of the game where he'd been ineffective on every single one he took, no one else wanted to step up and have a go. There was one no. where Norburn almost took it. And then Wally and everyone cheered. Yeah. Everyone cheered, yeah, someone else. And then Wally still, still took behind it. Me. My, my brother yeah. calls his uh, free kicks into the box the chippy whifters because he sort of just chips and whiffs <laughs> it in there a little bit with hardly any pace on. And a defender just casually takes two steps out and heads it away most times. Yeah. And... And, you know, it's all well and good having that pressure and all the ball and looking very neat and tidy when we're passing it around. But a good, effective team makes better use of those situations, don't they, Sean? And, and Absolutely. Really, yeah. I, I, if, if we were to look at our statistics on set pieces across the season, I bet it's incredibly poor. It has to be. Yeah. I, 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 well, we're not I, scoring, so we're not <laughs> set pieces, let alone. But that's the frustrating thing with Wally. So then we criticise him. We say, don't shoot on your left, mate. Get, give free kicks to someone else. And then he, he does that amazing cross... Um, to Holloway where he nearly scored and scoring headed goals is quite difficult that was an amazing cross and then he did this piece of um, skill where he knocked Megs one of their midfielders does their their, um, their fullback puts another great cross on and an angle headed wide so you know with this he's like he's He's either ten out of ten amazing or three out of ten appalling. With Wally, he's just so that's inconsistent. That's why he's in League One. Yeah, yeah that's why he's in League we One exactly. That, but, yeah. if, but if he just sticks to the simple stuff, he would 
incredible. Like he was last season. He didn't. He wouldn't have done this under Hurst. No. Hurst would have ripped him, ripped him apart. I think it's confidence with him. I think he's a massive confidence player. You find a lot with wingers that they're very much a confidence player. And you look at his uh, um, assists last year. How many assists he had? How many goals he scored as well? He. His deliveries last year from set, but I always look back at that Beckles header at Charlton. Yeah, what yeah. A great cross that was. Yeah. He's got it. We know he's got it in a yeah, locker. Yeah, he can do it. He's got, at the end of the day, he's got to start the game because who else will go in that position to do the same job at getting at a fullback? Yeah, Nobody he's, only, else he's basically undroppable at the moment, which is, which is, and he's not playing well in every game, which gives you a bit of an indication no. as to maybe now what we're starting to see, which is maybe not our strength in depth, because he clearly the manager beginning. does not fancy Faye, no. and he doesn't fancy Ganua, and basically you've got Gilead on the other wing who seems like he's going to get dropped for a striker in his position, so have we really got that much strength in depth when it comes to wingers? I don't really think we have, really, in terms of what the manager thinks. But um, Issa as well, don't we? Well, I mean, he's injured, he's, yeah. but, but he wants to be... Shifted out on loan. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange for me as a game but, changer. But in terms so that of those was the two, end of the half. Then, yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say in terms of those two chances. I mean, I, I thought Sean wanted to have a quick chat because I know when we come to the top three, I've had mm. a look at what he said. But you were reasonably impressed with Holloway across the game, and that that headed mm. chance in the first half was probably the best chance he had in the game, and he did all right with it. But yeah, probably so. You thought he was good. I thought he worked really hard. I mean, it's 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 a horrible shift up there on your on your own. And <laughs> I thought he held up the ball really well and tried so hard to bring a non-existent movement in midfield closer to him that was the killer for his first half was no movement it was just so static and when you've got no movement you ain't going to create anything and it no. was just it was either get the ball we'll go long we'll go for a quick diagonal across the other side of the pitch okay it's not in we'll go back okay we'll go for another one but there was no movement in midfield and I, I really thought that Holloway was trying really well to link that those missing pieces but it, it must have been frustrating for him. Yeah, he, he came to get a, quite a few balls deep sometimes, I saw as well, and actually his touch let him down three or four times in the first half, which got mm. a few fans on his background where we were sitting. But, you know, he's he honest. At least he was trying. I, I, I still don't con- convince he's anyone that's going to... If he played consistently up front for us all season, he wouldn't get many goals. But, you know, mm. him and Angle, I think both of them, in terms of the st- striking options that we had, although mm. Angle was that wide, they work hard. But, you know, I, I still worry about the goals from them. But uh, it's fair fair point what um, Sean just said then. You were just saying coming up to half-time, Ollie. But that was a, you know, let's be honest about it. That was a woeful half. It, all in all, we were one down to an incredibly poor team, right? We had a fair bit of ball, Ollie. I'd imagine we had most possession in that first half. But it wasn't good football to watch. It was dull. There were, there were whole periods where it was unentertaining, like it was at Scunthorpe when we played poorly. And, and, and Sean just talked about the midfield three there, not having that movement that we've kind of come to expect from them because we've been saying they're the best part of our team for weeks. Where do you think it really fell down, Ollie, in terms of that first half? Why was it quite so bad? Well, I'll ask you, I'm sorry, I'll just throw back a question to you, Glenn. Go on, then. Do you think this, think this was an important game for us to win? Yeah, well, we said last week, didn't we? We said it was an important game to win. It was an important game not to lose. It was a definite no-lose game. I don't know if it, it was on the borderline of must-win, um, but certainly, you know... It, <laughs> Yeah, it would have been good to win it, and I think we should have been aiming to win it. But um, yeah, I, I don't I know. Think you're being, the I think you're being soft, Glenn. Yeah, I think, I think... if I'd have known how bad Gillingham were, Ollie, I would have said we should definitely win. And I said that 15 minutes into the game for sure. Do you think the players wanted to win? Well, he's for the second week in a row, he's questioned their commitment and desire, hasn't he? So because not great. They were poor. They yes, were they utterly were atrocious. Like the, there was lack of urgency. Um, it was just poor. Everything, and I just don't think that they just don't. I felt like that half was a massive step back, backwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. and gave and as you, as you as I spoke to you, Glenn, I was concerned at half time and pretty dejected. Yeah, I have to say I've rarely seen you as dejected at half time as you were, and I think you'd, you'd had a 
almost a wake-up call, really, if I was to be honest about it, looking at you, Ollie, in terms of we've been trying our best to look at the positives like all fans are. I'm sure Sean will feel the same way. We're trying to think that we'll get through this sticky patch and we're playing well. But actually, two weeks in a row now, I've been to both games, it does feel like a step back. The performance hasn't been there. And when it's not there, it's poor to watch and we're not getting, still not getting results. So, you know, we've actually had our good period and did bugger all in terms of the points accruing. So I can understand why town fans... And, and you weren't the only one to be feeling like, Ollie, it was a real... Mm. You know, let's talk about just half time. There was a there was a slight amount of booze around the stadium for the first time that I'd noticed this season, and there's a definite growing, you know, resentment's the wrong word. But there's definitely growing, you know, rebellion that fans are starting to say, "Look, guys, we're not happy about this." And people are saying, "Shouldn't boo them off at half time," but you know, we'll talk about. Coming. I was expecting a boo. I was as well. Yeah, but it, but it, people it couldn't even weak. be bothered. <clears throat> yeah, people were so bored they just didn't <laughs> seem to think there was even going to be a reaction from the players. It's. It's. I'm really concerned about where we are and where we're going. And going into a hard game as well, which we'll come to later. But it's interesting. The second half kicked off and it was a bit of a, bit of a refreshing change, was it? And, I, and there's been a lot of debate as whether ASCII can get them up for it. But I don't know. What made more of a difference? Them players hearing that they got booed and they weren't playing very well or ASCII's half-time team talk. I, I kind of don't, I'm sure that the manager has a bigger influence on it. But sometimes it's hard to tell because I'm glad they had a bit of a rocket because they need yeah. a rocket at the moment. And ASCII can slag them off all he wants in the press and stuff after the match. But... I I hope he's tearing into him at half time. I I really don't think he is from the demeanour that he comes across. We can't know, can we? But you know, we we have talked about it last week about his man management style and how he presents himself. What what are you, what's your feeling, Sean, about how he maybe comes across as a manager? I've he's very very introverted, doesn't he? Yeah. He doesn't really give a lot away. I've the thing for me. I've not. I've I'm not in the ASCII in camp at all. No um, right from day one I've not really felt that connection and it's been quite sad actually because you normally when a new manager comes in they try and connect with the fans yep I've not felt that from day one no it's been very much like he's oh he's a manager if he went tomorrow it wouldn't bother me it wouldn't bother me at all I'm I'm a more of a person that wants to give people time because it's a tough job being a manager at times and it's it's a very lonely job at times yeah but yeah He's not helping himself. There's there's not that connection. Like we went to the fans present, not the fans presentation, the fans um, forum, the question and answers with him. Yeah, waste of time. It was awful, wasn't it? We I come out of there thinking, do you know what? 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 It's just bog standard questions, bog standard answers, and it was just boring. And I don't think he's helping himself. End of games. I've never seen him come out to applaud the fans at home games. But then you get the club going, oh, but he does it at away games. What for two claps and he's legged it down the tunnel. <laughs> No, it shouldn't be that way. And even if the chips are down, you still come round and you applaud your fans because at the end of the day, we pay the money. We are, we are, we're we're a constant. We're always going to be there. Yeah, and no you, matter what. And he, and he talks, and we've only got to half time really, and we'll probably come to some more of the positives in a minute. But you know, Ollie, he's talked about the players' commitment and drive, and I think he's specifically talking about the first half. So it's worth mentioning it now. But surely to God, if they're not committed and got the drive and the passion to to you know not be so naive in situations like that. Surely that comes from him. He's drilling this the way to play into them and, and the passion they should be going out there and how they should be playing. Surely he should be, as a man manager, getting the best out of them. And, and that, to me, is my issue with him at the moment. He doesn't seem to be able to get the best out of them. Um, and that is man management at the end of the day, Ollie. Yeah, I've been thinking long and hard about like what's the, the kind of the, the crux of the issues and clearly we've got under players underperforming. Yep. Um, you know, in in the recent games, you know, when you look at when people do articles about Shrewsbury, you know, our XG is brilliant, all this kind of stuff, but that means bugger all, doesn't it, at the end of the day if you're not scoring. We're not scoring at the end, at the one end, we're conceding sloppy goals at the other. 
you kind of it's not like we're playing you know crazy complicated formations and he's given the players license to lead and you just kind of your reasons and your kind of your explanations are kind of wearing thin and it, it's coming down to almost is that this can this manager do the job um or is it is he just the wrong fit for the club is it the wrong fit for the players um and it's starting to feel like that I don't think that he's the right man and you know we we will come on to the we'll try we will come on to the 10 game analysis probably let's not say too much now because we've we'll cover the same topics again but yeah, yeah. I I'm feeling a bit concerned that's all I'm not very excited and yeah we'll to put it in one way uh, going to Tuesday night absolutely no chance I've not even thought about it I'm just can't be bothered <laughs> Great. I suspect you're not the only Shooter Town fan yeah. that feels like that. I don't know. We've got we're going, going away to Warsaw and getting spanked. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, even even I'm a bit dubious about it. But you know, I'll I, I might go, but I'm yeah, not sure. But I might as well. I'll see you I'm there. Go, I'm going yeah. to London. <laughs> it's only Sunday London. night. It takes a couple of days to get over things like Saturday, even though we only drew. But I think it's probably worth just running through the rest of the second half before we get yeah. on to a bit more of the, the wide open stuff. But it was definitely better in the second half. Um, didn't seem to change it tactically. We didn't make any substitutions, but there was a little bit more zip, a little bit more passion a little bit more fight if you will um still a lot of the problems in for terms a short of period of time for a short period of time yeah it wasn't consistent for the 45 minutes either i did not agree with that when i heard some people saying that on the radio after the game it was still quite a bitty second half but it was definitely better but in all honesty it couldn't have been any worse that first half was up there with some of the worst stuff we've seen under and um but we eventually got back in 1-1 didn't we and um you know things sort of started to uh seem like they might be turning our way and uh, yeah it was the man wally uh, involved again ollie yeah, so he had a bit of urgency in our play. Um, we, um, Wally gets the ball. Um, yeah, the cross is cleared. Norburn collects. Collects is basically the header. Nor- and Wally's header was a bit too deep and it was cleared yeah. off. Norburn gets the ball. He crosses. It's left by Grant. And really sweet turn and finish by Angle in the box where you'd kind of want him. So um, And it had been, as the commentator I'm working for EFL said, it had been coming. And he's right, you know, at this point in time, you know, we'd, we definitely kind of earned... Um, and earn a goal. Yeah, there'd been pressure building, hadn't there, in that period, mm. Sean? Yeah. Um, and a word for Angle, really. He is showing that he can finish, which is a big positive coming through in the last few weeks. Yeah, he has. And he scored some really, really good goals being in the box. Yeah. Not being out on the left. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's where he needs to be. And that's where that goal come across from him being... I'd almost say a fox in the box, but yep, he was, yep. and the ball got. Well, that's there. what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was, it looked, would you say, Sean, he looks like a, a bit of a natural striker? Yes. And yeah. that's what you want, isn't it? You yeah. want him in the box. He needs to play high. He needs to play as a centre. He, he can't be playing wide. Mm. Um, but as so I say, the goal had been coming. We started, and I said beforehand about movement, we were moving yeah. and it was creating and the goal came at a great time, in my opinion. I thought, yeah, we've still got a long time to go mm. in the second half. Um, the pressure had been building. The worry for me, that, and it has happened this season, when we've had pressure, it just drifts away and that's it. But we had pressure, we got the goal, and it was like, yeah, we can go on now. Mm. And we we did have more chances as the game went on, Ollie, and uh, there was there was a couple more chances, wasn't there? A, a long-range effort from Norburn that was a bit unlucky. We had a couple of good counter-attacks, didn't we? Um, but yeah, it just yeah, every chance we had one of these things, there was just one key pass or one little key moment that didn't quite work, and that, again, is a continuation of the theme this season. Yeah, and then we had that really spectacular moment where our centre, um, our, our central defender was in... Um, yeah, up, up front, and he um, tried to volley the ball. You know, it's quite a simple thing. You know, ball in the air. 
He's, I'm yes. sure he's, he's done it before. A million and where times. did the ball go? <laughs> Went out of play, which, which meant we forgot to talk about his fantastic um, passing the ball across the back um, four yeah. um, in the first half. So he tries to pass the ball to Sadler, and where does it go? It goes Straight to the ball the boy off the pitch. I, I would and just say, Ollie, that if anyone wants to see these, a friend of mine, Alex uh, Alesh, uh, sorry, Alex Alesh, um has sort of gift the the two sort of in comical, shall we call them, waterfall moments from the game, and I've got them on the Blue and Amber Twitter account if anyone wants to see them. And you know, I can't believe we've got. I'm just looking at how long we've done this podcast for so far. 28 minutes, right? I can't believe we've got 28 minutes in and we haven't discussed Luke Waterfall in his particular performance because. Christ Almighty, I'm, start, I'm starting to be concerned about him because he got awful, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. It's getting to the point where I've seen... I saw two people comparing him to Dave Winfield today, which is Ooh. which is slightly harsh. And Artel. Artel uh, I don't, he's not as bad I've as I've seen that a few times. But he's, he's slowly getting worse. And and that, that moment you talk about in the second half where there was a ball that came over the back post, I think we'd had a corner cleared, he'd hung around, he wasn't even trying to shoot. The ball was coming down and all he was trying to do was take a touch. And mm. it was so bad, it just hit him on the ankle and then just spazzed out for a, for a corner for a, for a goal kick and it was just like people were rolling around laughing at the, at the, com- the, the poor ability that the man seemed to possess at times and, and it's weird because a lot of the time you don't really notice him playing the game he sort of just is there and he makes the odd head and odd tackle but sometimes he just stands out as looking really poorly and as I said there were two particular moments in this game where people were just like what is this guy all about and again we talk about squad depth you know there's Kennedy there's potentially putting Beckles there but you know that, that means we haven't got a left back basically we haven't got any other options, really, have we? Deep down, Kennedy's almost as bad, I think, from what we saw in pre-season in a couple of early games. You know, Luke Waterfall's not going to get dropped as much as people think he's poor. Mm, it not. is very frustrating, but yeah, we can. I think we'll. Yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating. That's we could have, we can have yeah. an hour on this subject, I think, can we? We could indeed, but there we go. I think that was just worth mentioning because it, it was awful, really. Um, but yeah, so there was that moment as well. But yeah, a couple, a couple of chances going forward. I say we were a bit more lively in midfield. The two, the three central midfielders started playing a little bit better. I thought in terms of you say how dynamic they were. So yeah. that was better, and particularly I think Norburn and, and Doherty were much better in the second half. Yeah. Um, but it went on, and we just kept missing chances, and you started to feel Ollie like it was going to be one of those games where we were just going to keep missing chances. But I have to say, during that second half, I, I thought there's no way Gillingham is going to score again in this game. I could not see it happening, and. Um, yeah, obviously, we then eventually got ahead, didn't we? Um, but, yeah, I'll come to Gillian, we're not scoring in a bit. But I think one of the funny things I thought as, as the game went on a little bit was eventually, very late into the game, um, you know, despite us chasing it and being at home and wanting the win, we finally made a change, didn't we? And the shop came on. Mm. And flipping it, when he came on, and, and you know, Sean sits somewhere slightly different to us, but Ollie sits around where we were. But I felt like the life came out of the crowd when he came yeah. on. People just didn't want it to happen, which is... You know, understandable considering how he's played most of the games this season, and it, and it almost sort of same seems to take the life out of us a little bit for a couple of minutes in terms of the. T- I'm yeah, I, I'm I'm becoming increasingly frustrated by the Askey's decisions in the game. His game management's atrocious. So we we're trying to win a game at home. We've got a team that's clearly struggles when the um, oppositions are running at them. Um, you know, they had they blocked off angle, and we had quite a few times Wally and Wally did them. He got booked. There was quite a few times they were just basically just like take doing anything to stop us. So we think, you know, why not bring on one of our best wingers and our best trick players who've got a bit of a trick and some pace? Does he bring him on and put angle up front? No, he brings on the shop. Like what? What was the reaction round like you, Sean? Well, you've seen my. You'd have probably seen my tweet. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what I put, but it was basically along the lines of. He just wants to see the game out here for a point. Yeah. Because that that is all the shop is good at doing. Mm. Lovely guy, probably. I've never met him. He's probably a lovely guy. But that is his, that is his good 
That is what he's good at doing. It's his raison d'etre. <laughs> yeah. It comes on the pitch and see the game out. Game management is his, it's, it's his forte. But when you're sitting there and you're going, sorry, standing there, safe standing. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you're seeing, um, when you're seeing Gilead warming up and you're thinking, right, okay, Let's time. Let's stretch it a bit now. This is a, this was a, when I can't remember when. The yeah, shot the, the came shot on. was a bit earlier. Okay, actually. He came yeah. on at seventy-seven. Minutes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but would you agree with me, Sean? That you know they, they they were struggling. They struggled when we ran at them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they, they were slow. They were cumbersome, um, and I think and Okenabiri was on the bench as well. Yeah, yeah. So Amadi Holloway in the end was blowing. Yeah, I can understand tired. that. I can understand him coming off. He kept wanting um, to, apparently he kept telling them the manager he wanted to come off and they kept they kept him on for longer and longer. It's amazing that he's not fully fit twelve games into the season, by the way. That's that's brilliant. But there Well we go. you would hope you'd <laughs> the team as a whole. I don't think we're fit as a team. No, no, I don't think we're that fit. And the most interesting point about that is that and I wanted to make this bring this up, I didn't put it in the agenda, but the club were, were banging on on Friday in the press about how fitness is brilliant and they're all really fit. And I just thought but that hasn't really played out in games. The amount of late goals and sort of poor performances we put in, particularly in the second half, mm. would, would count at that point. And I think, again, on Saturday, there's a very easy way to point fingers at players who will blow in towards the end of the game. There's too many. The, the, it's, it's, when you look back on last season, I hate to look back on last season, yeah, but it yeah. was so good. And it, But you look back on last season, bar the Wembley extra time fiasco, where, mm. let's be honest, it was a farce for both teams. So both teams were absolutely shot. And the heat, yeah. And it was so hot. Everybody was tired that mm. day, even the fans. <laughs> um, but I felt in every game last season, if we were to go and play an extra 20 minutes, we would do it and we would still be on top. This season, I get to 60 minutes, I think, no. Nah. Have we got any more in the tank? Mm. Uh, we and then it's got crying out for subs that don't come until like late 60, 70, minute. 80 minutes sort of thing, yeah. And, Strange. And Gilead walks on the pitch on 85 minutes, sets up the yeah. the meant-to-be winning goal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we should we, uh, say, we talk about the, the, the sort of second goal, I suppose, because that came just before the Gilead substitution, didn't it? But... Yeah, it was uh, it was Wally again involved. Ollie, you can you can go through this one in terms of our yeah, goal. it was a, it was a decent goal. So um, yeah, nice counter attack. Um, ball comes to um to Wally who finds um Gilead who crosses the ball and um, goes across past a few men and Norburn kind of just yeah nice finish into the back of the net and we thought blimey after a terrible first half we're actually going to win the game. It was kind of like you know we we it's a game we dominated. We had over sixty percent possession and you thought yeah just deserves and we're gonna gonna get the get the three points. But um no this is um this is Shrewsbury Town. Um, um, 20, tw- 2018 2019 edition um, and it wasn't going to be that way no so we scored an 88 and, and it looked like it was going to be going our way I say that the finish from Norburn was hard and powerful we just had a look at it didn't we on, on a replay before we started recording me and Sean and actually go through the keeper's legs I think so um, he might have been a bit annoyed to let that in really because you've always got to be gutted if it goes in between legs but Norburn did the right thing got his head over it and, and just smashed it nice and hard and yeah credit to him it was, it was, a, it was a goal he's, he's obviously got Two now, hasn't he? I think, yeah. So no, it's his no, first that's one. first, isn't it? It was um, Doherty that scored the two. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice for him to get off the mark as well. So that's helpful. Um, but yeah, two minutes later, and I have to say, Ollie, I think you lost your mind about this goal because you've been watching it back this afternoon, haven't you? And um, you know, I- I've seen some of the things you've put on Facebook and Twitter about it, and you are absolutely appalled by this goal, aren't you? We've never had a goal that's gone on to f- on to six five lines in the agenda, <laughs> so which just kind of said how and. <laughs> Watching it, yeah, my, my my tweet was obviously tongue in cheek and a little bit sweary, but yeah, so this was just utterly appalling. So, so this is what happened. So, for those who um, who didn't have the honour um, of being at the meadow on Saturday <laughs> um, and weren't watching on iFollow, so um, it all starts from a throw in. So, um, Emmanuel throws the ball and it just goes straight to the the Jill's defender who heads it forward. 
And then Gilliard and Sadler fail to tackle a man and, yep. and, and the ball. So the ball comes to Beckles, who passes it into the heel of a Gillingham player. <laughs> so then the play, the ball goes then forward, and Doherty fails to win a tackle. Yep. Then the ball ends up with Eves, and then Sadler and Gilliard fail to tackle Eves, who shoots, and Waterfall like dives, but he was never going to get there. Um, and then the ball in the back of the net. It was just... And it just comes back to what you were saying in the, in the first half about lack of passion, lack of bite. Like, why didn't why did why did um, Beckles try and pass the ball? Smash why, it! Why, why did Emmanuel throw the ball to their player? Why <laughs> did Sadler Gilliard not try and win the ball twice? And why did Doherty not do anything? It was just there were so many errors and so many opportunities for us to clear that ball. Yeah. Again, it was Sunday league. It was amateurish. It was schoolboy eight-year-old football. It was just atrocious absolutely I mean, it, atrocious particularly in that situation finally about to win you know a second game of the season at home in a game that you should have comfortably won considering how Gillingham played it was almost criminal to let I had to watch point. it five or six times to put that together because it was that poor it was just yeah. It was just well, atrocious. You, you can write six lines there, and I'll just say it was absolute <laughs> Solly. How's about that sound? You know, it was it was incredibly poor defending. But and and, and my mum told me to be clean on this episode, Ollie. She was concerned that we were so annoyed that we do a lot of swearing. But I'll, I'll edit that out. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it was just crap, crap. And, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing, Sean. It was just it was so deflating as well for the crowd, wasn't it? It was embarrassing. Mm. It was embarrassing. It it, it was unbelievable because the crowd were all it was very bouncy. Everybody was like. Like you say, oh, just yes, up, we're on just our way up, for yeah. and it was like, oh, on our way for two one win, and then all of a sudden it's like somebody's just literally got a balloon and just gone bang, yeah, like that. and the whole place just went, just just drained. But it, like you said, Ollie, I've watched it back as well. I haven't watched it back as much as you because it just haunts me the first time. <laughs> but it, it's embarrassing. Take a book in if you have to. Take yeah, the man yeah. down. You know, we know what Eves is like. He's a strong target man. You know, we all hate him. Let's be honest. He, but in his defence, he was to him, playing. Good finish. He's, it, but he's a good League One player. He'd walk and, into our team maybe at the moment. <laughs> but you know what? I'd have him in my team. I think. Yeah. Uh, he's think a of better the, option off the bench than the shop. Yeah, think of the car crash that he was playing with of, of our team then. Yeah, you know, we had yeah. we were lifeless we in still... defence, in midfield, in strikers. So he was he was always going to get the the brunt of it because there was no supply, no goals. He didn't. He wasn't good second time round. But let's no, not he for, was very. Close. Let's not forget that amazing hat trick yeah, he scored at yeah. Hunter Crawley. He kind of saved us that one season. In some respects, but those goals he scored. We were literally like, it, it was, yeah, he it scored was seventeen goal last season. You know, yeah. seventeen goals in League One. Mm. It's all right. That's more than the shops ever scored. Yeah, <laughs> in his entire career, isn't but, it? But it was incredibly soft. But like I say, take the man down, take a booking. If you have to tackle, foul. yeah, there was about yeah. seven opportunities to tackle someone. They're probably too worried about giving more penalties away, though. That's the problem. <laughs> Once it gets into the box, everyone yeah, but just waterfall wasn't it. near it. That was yeah, the thing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to say about Eves is it's the first time I've ever seen someone put do the ear cup to not only the way fans, but because they've been giving him grief apparently recently. So, mm. but he kind of was doing you know the ear cup to the, all the shoe fans and all the Gillingham fans. So he's clearly going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment. But fair play, he come on, he scored the goal. I actually think you know he gave us a load of problems when he came on our centre yeah. backs. Not only the goal, he just occupied them. He's big, he's cumbersome, and you know if you're going to bring a big man on, at least he did this kind of big man role. When we bring the shop on, he doesn't really bully anyone. He doesn't. Doesn't really unsettle anyone. He just runs into the corner and holds it there when we're winning. That's that's basically all he does. So um, there we go. And that, that was it, really. Apart from, I was going to get to the very end of the game. But even then, because we'd lost Grant as the shield, there was a time when 
um, Gillingham broke on us, and there were three against two against us, and we were obviously then about we could have lost the game, and it was and to be fair, we talked well about Eves, but he made a really poor pass in that attack. If he'd have got their pass right, they they should basically have been walking the ball into the back of the net and winning three two, and God knows what the reaction would have been on the final whistle then. But as Ooh. it was, it was quite it was booze again more than half time. But, you know, there were definite audible boos again there and, a, and a, quite an angry reaction from a lot of fans I saw in the West End, Ollie. Yeah, it was poor. and I th- It's 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 weird because I think the fan, the fan fans are just kind of a bit confused about what's going on. Clearly, you know, yeah, it's just it's just very, um, it's very disappointing. Um, we, we didn't win that game. And it's just, for me, it doesn't, again, another game that doesn't create any conclusions. Nope, no, nope, it doesn't help us move on. It's it's thrown up as many problems as solutions in the way that we look at teams and uh, as this team, sorry. And yeah, I don't know. For me, it's it's made me view them poorly. More, I, I view this team worse than I did again before yeah. the start of the game well, the, because the, they've the let team, another chance. The whole setup. It's, you can't, I think when you say team, you think you need to also include the manager. Clearly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, true enough. We normally look at the other team as well, Ollie, and try and say some positives about them and their best player. I'm going to wrap this up as quickly as possible by saying my view on Gillingham is they're awful. I wouldn't be surprised if they're down the bottom. And other than Eves who came on and looked a little bit decent, I didn't think any of their players particularly no. stood out. <laughs> you've done that I, I want us to have this section about the opposition because I think it's good to have a bit of context And but yeah they were absolutely atrocious and the fact that we didn't beat them just kind of says everything and yeah I think best player no one in their team stood out in, no, in any way slightly apart from Eves who came on and had a really good finish yeah the so, keeper yeah, did alright I suppose he, he was yeah. decent he came out and claimed a few things made a couple but, of saves but Good at you know, time wasting, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't say it was interesting. regulation, so. wouldn't it? It was easy. Yeah, there we go. So I think we've summed the game, but we'll just yep. run through the top threes because um, we briefly talked about most of these players. But I went for for Grant, um, which is you know a bit of an odd one. I don't think people, not many people, would have thought I'd have gone for Grant, but I thought to me he just stands out when we take him off. And so whenever we take him off, I think we look way worse. And I know it was only for the last few minutes, and the game went crazy. But I thought it was consistently all right or across the whole game. You don't expect him to get forward too much, and he offered the shield that we needed against a very powder puff attacking team. So I went Grant. I went Angle for. For as we discussed, is is sort of hard work and um, stuck at it and got a goal even though he was out of position. And, and I went for Wally, who, despite frustrating the hell out of me, and I honestly was frustrated with his free kicks. I was getting so annoyed. I can completely see why. Actually, in some respects, he offers us the most going forward. So yeah, that was my three. What about you, Sean? I went for uh, number one as Holloway. Yep. Um, it's difficult to really go and say like pick out a lot of players from from yesterday's performance, but. I thought Holloway worked very hard up top. He ran himself into the ground. I still, I still question his fitness um, because he shouldn't be signalling to come off at sixty minutes. <laughs> that's that's a concern. But we, the, the the positive for me with him was we held the ball up better and it was staying up there. But then the movement first half was non-existent, so nobody was getting close enough. And goals number two, I thought he worked really hard first half. Again, you can't really rate anybody as a great performer, but. He found it very difficult being very lonely out there on that left-hand side, but mm. he still tried to create second half and he got himself another goal. Yeah. So I still I think he'll get himself a few goals. And his goal-to-game ratio good. over the years has been very good, mm. so we mm. could have ourselves a very good player there. Yeah. Yeah. And number three, I went for Norburn. I think out of the midfield three, um, I think he was the one that was probably showing a little bit more, getting in those areas, trying to make something tick. But all in all, it was very bland, and it's very difficult to try and pick uh, yeah. pick three out of it, really. And I think Ollie, you've gone for, for Ollie, Obviously, uh, Sean's gone for Norburn second. But you've gone for for Norburn as your man of the match. I, I personally think he was way better than Doherty this week, so I think that's a fair shout, mate. Yeah, Norburn first, Wally second, and Grant third. And yeah. let's be honest, it was Same pretty group. hard to kind of choose anyone. Uh, because it was pretty poor. Yeah, it was. And I'm going to be honest with you. We normally wrap these games up, Ollie, with looking at what John uh, Askey had to say. 
And I normally listen to it on the way back. I never listen to it on the radio anymore. I, I, I can't be bothered to listen no. to George John Askey at the moment because I listened to him last week and from everything... I've listened to it back obviously since, but I'm talking about directly after the game and um, I'm kind of glad I didn't. It's it's God, it's monotone and dull and I just get the feeling mm. that he's trying out the same kind of points all the time now. And um, yep. again, like last week, he was peed off, wasn't he, and angry and that's good to see, but... You know, he's getting this. Maybe a lot of that's because pressure's being ratcheted up on him. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, well, I'll just take one line from what I've put, and it said it's not about ability or tactics; it's about desire. Yeah. And for me, then that leads nicely onto ten game review because why is there no desire? Yep. Very so, good. So yeah, let's just jump into the ten game review. We're in front of thousands of their fans at this end of Wembley. It's ball. Henderson comes up with the goods for Shrewsbury Town. So that was our 10th league game of the season, uh, obviously our 12th game of the season all in all. And um, obviously it's a sort of a tradition now on the Southcast to take a big breath at this point in time and actually say what we think about the start to the season and, and the manager and, and where, we're, where we're potentially heading. Now, last season this was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> this season, Ollie, not quite so much fun, is it? Um, so let's just start with the basics, Ollie. Run us through the 10 league game stats so far. So yeah, so 10 games played, we've won one. Which is Woo. quite disappointing. And um, we've drawn five. We've lost four. Um, we've only conceded nine goals. Oh, sorry, we've only scored nine goals, which yep. is pretty poor. Um, we've had 11 against, so in, and we're in the 19th in the league out of 24. So in goals scored, we're 21st, so the 20 mo- 21st most prolific going forward yep. or not. And then conceded, we're the 17th. Um, wow. Um, worst, which is odd, actually. I thought it would be lower than that, but considering how many of those have been kind of errors, um, kind of just makes you say, if we'd cut those errors out, how, how much well we could have done. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of fans have been saying, oh, we haven't been letting many goals in, but actually, if you look at that to be 17th in the league that's not that's not so good is it no no it's yeah exactly so and then um, and then points per game so I thought this would be quite fun so um so oh, points no. per game um Mickey what do you think Mickey Mellon's point per game was at this uh, point after 10 games and his last season in league one. Oh, after 10 games just the first 10 games oh yeah. it was poor wasn't it probably probably something similar I'd imagine exactly the same oh there you go um, so we had yeah. so 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 um so ASCII's um, points per game at the moment is um 0.8 and Mickey Mellon's was 0.8 and then you oh, went wow. on to draw the next game Paul Hurst was a mass a whopping 2.6 <laughs> <laughs> well, we did win pretty much every game exactly. for the first 10 games so, last yeah. season but yeah so that's I missed them days stark stark <laughs> that is mate yeah so that puts into context and just not good enough, is it? And we've yeah, as no we've way. discussed a lot in the Gillian game, a lot of threads um, and themes going through. So, what we thought we'd do here, Glenn, isn't we thought we'd give rather than rate all the players because that would take a long time. We thought maybe we should give Mister Askey a rating out of ten. Yeah, I think we talk about the players a lot, don't we? Whereas we've we've talked about the manager's tactics and stuff. But let's just take a breath and and think about what rating we would give the manager out of ten um, across the start of this season. Now. It's going to be low because of where we are and, and it's difficult to be too positive about a lot of things. But I was sitting at my mum and dad's house today and I thought, I'll just before I give my view of it, I'll take a straw poll from people who've been on the podcast before. Obviously, my brother Mike and my mum and dad who've had, had their say before. And it was quite interesting. My brother was the worst. He said he'd give him a three out of ten. And he said a point for the recruitment in the summer, uh, a one point for not being in the relegation zone. So he only got that goal difference. And one point for some of the performances that we've seen as the season's progressed. So... He's gone for a 3 out of 10, which is pretty low. My mum went for 4 out of 10. Uh, mainly she said that was because he keeps playing Wally. And obviously we've discussed my mum's love for Sean Wally. So <laughs> she didn't really put too much thought into it, my mum. But there you go, 4 out of 10. And uh, my dad went for 7 out of 10, which was quite surprising for my dad. And he was like, oh, he's all right. He's a decent enough manager, I think. And um, he was saying he's been, he's been he's been he's one of those people that's been encouraged by the performances he's seen in some of the games. Obviously, he wasn't encouraged by... Um, 
the performances when we've been poor, but you see, my dad's seen some of those good performances, but he was very clear that he absolutely hates Waterfall. So there's, there's my dad's view on it. So that was my, my family's view, and I'd already written mine down by then, and I'd actually gone similar to my mum with a bit more forethought, I think, and I'd gone for a four out of ten, Ollie. I am far from impressed by John Askey. And we're going to ask, I'm going to, once we run through this 10 game review, I'm going to ask you and, and Sean whether you think Askey should go or, or stay now as it stands after 10 league games. But for me, for my view of, of Askey, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overly convinced when he first came in in his first interviews, how he presented himself. Then I came back on track with some of the recruitment. I thought we were heading in the right direction. Those early games, I was encouraged by the performances. But when I got back from holiday, I, I've seen pretty much all the games since then. And, and other than a Portsmouth away, which I watched an eye follow, I've not overly been impressed by every performance. There's always been things in there that have, have worried me and made me think that it's not going to go that direction. And at the end of the day, I'm a sort of fan that will look at results. I want to see results. I want to see us doing well in terms of the points we're bringing in. I want to see us progressing in cups and not falling out of them meekly. And overall, I have I have nothing to base my judgment on Askey of more than a four because I'm not impressed with the job he's done as Shrewsbury Town Manager. We'll come to the final question later on, but there you go. That's my number four. And I think anyone who's to the podcast will have kind of seen how I've built up to being a four. We'll ask the fans, I think, on, on Salopcast, the Twitter account this week, what they think. But yeah, for me, there you go. I'm going to put my mark in the sand as a four, Ollie. Cool. So, Sean, what would you go for? I put a five, but I'm, I think that's being too generous, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not... I'm not one over by him at all. Um, I, I elaborated beforehand about him saying that he uh, he has not helped himself. Uh, he's still not helping himself. No, nothing nothing inspires me. It inspires other fans. Um, the foot. The thing that most people have is people coming out. I've heard a few times saying that. Well, we're playing some good football. We're playing probably better football than we did last year. Yeah, it's all well and good playing <laughs> tippy tappy football, but you can see the stats for yourself. How many goals we've scored. Yeah, something that scared me when I saw yesterday Peterborough scored 26 goals already this season I saw nine. that when I was doing the prep for the pod <laughs> it's unbelievable I mean? it's, they it, scored 26 yeah, and we look, we're scored. not we're not going to be up that level we no, know that we, no. we haven't got the money to throw around like Peterborough have but overall I think the recruitment I think we've there's some players in there that I think are very good players I do believe that there are some players in there that I still believe that are going right I don't get that Arnold Kennedy um, Loft Loft, um, Waterfall. Those are players there right now that I go, I, I, I don't get that. We've replaced Toto Enciala with Luke Waterfall. It's very difficult to replace players of that calibre, understandably. We said that when we lost Goldson and Woods, you're never going to replace quality. But we've got money in the bank. Let's 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 have a bit of a go. Why yeah. don't we go and uh, Back it test... Up. Yeah, let's go and test a good team's... You know, resolve with a really good centre half and bring in another good centre half because it's it's just it's a poor poor bat line. But on to Askey, he's on the edge. It's on the edge at the moment. And is he the right man for us going forward? No. Hold your powder, yeah. Hold your powder on that question. We'll come back to that later on. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a four from me, a five uh, from from Sean Ollie. I've seen what you've put here, but go on. What have you What have you had a crack at? Three. Yeah, you're not happy, are you? I've, I, th- I think your summary was really good. What you gave then, Glenn, in terms of you know, so we, um, you know, I think even the context now, I think we signed some good players, as Sean said as well. We had those good performances, but they've disappeared now. Yeah, they've gone. And now we're just left trying to wonder where we are. And yeah, I'm, um, I'm very, very underwhelmed by him, and I'm not overly confident that he's the man to kind of sort this out. So. To kind of put a bit of flesh onto these kind of onto the yeah. bones, you wanted to have a yeah. bit of discussion, didn't we? So like points in the defence. So this was yep. a court case. Points of defence of ASCII. Order. So, <laughs> so, so first of all, I went so late start to the summer. 
um, and some of our best players left, so sold, and obviously some of the loanees went back as well. Um, yeah. And then obviously the late transfers that came in by Ipswich, and also a new management team. So there's some of the kind of the points to the fence against him. Waterfall, just put that. <laughs> um, player errors, but is it is this, is this ASCII's fault? No, I think you've got to be a bit more fair on that. That some of those some of those errors that cost us wins and, and draws in those opening games were basically bad individual errors that you, you couldn't really have put at Askey's door. I, I don't really But why, Glenn? Why is this happening? Why is this? But there's a theme here. There's yeah. a theme that we have, we're not, we haven't got desire. You know, we get no one who's kind of doing any crunching tackles or, you know, really trying to pull. You know, we saw it last season whenever teams counterattacked us, how hard our team worked back. And we went back to that question earlier in the, when we were talking about the Gilling game about desire. Why are the players who've got no desire? Why are we making all these mistakes? And, I don't know. Is it, do the players not have any faith in the manager? Mm. But the, the, mis- the mistakes, Ollie, I was going to say, we talked about this a while back, is that, yeah, those individual mistakes were costing us games. You can't blame Askey for that so much. What you can blame him for is the entire rest of the 90 minutes where he, he hadn't got his team doing enough in terms of scoring those goals, showing that desire to get the job done. You know, the individual errors were just the cherry on the top that cost mm. us the games and the points. The rest of the 90 minutes where he had good performances and, and didn't quite get it over the line or had poor performances, didn't deserve to get it over the line, they're the things you can bring it back to because that's tactics, that's desire, that's man management, that's the way you run the team, that's the players you pick. That you can all lay at the manager's door. I, I say the errors are like for me, the errors are just the cherry on the top. But why put so errors that we've had? So errors where you know their opposition have got their ball in the box and we're kind of like we're being kind of rushed and we're making all these mistakes. When waterfall's given away penalties because we've made mistakes that have led to mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so there's so. something structurally wrong in how we're defending to co- to concede goals that badly. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, you say and it has just, been consistent. You're right. Yeah, about and that. that's it's... the thing. So, yeah, they have mistakes, but how? When? When do those mistakes become a trend? And when does that trend have to have some kind of root cause? Mm. And that's why, yeah. as this podcast has been going on, I've been thinking so hard since I got it this morning. Why are Shrewsbury struggling, and what we're going to do? And yeah, it's that's why I dropped my my four. My my score was going to be a four, but I've dropped it to a three because I just I just don't, yeah I'm just I'm just getting really frustrated and yeah I I I just don't think I think it's all coming down to the manager. And then okay. you come on yeah, to late substitutions, slow making changes during games, yeah, um, you know odd positions, and again then and then and then also why no Faye? Yeah, which then you've one. put as a connection. Then you've obviously yeah, you've made your point here going as well. You've got a good point here. Yeah, we briefly talked about it during the podcast actually, so I wouldn't won't labour the point really. But the manner management, the motivation, the passion of the players, the demeanour that they come out in terms of how they press sometimes, and then week the next week they just don't bother pressing very much. Week to week, that seems to vary. It's very odd, um, and I think all those things are kind of connected from how he presents himself as a manager and as the man that is leading this football club. You can't lead a football club unless you take the fans with you. You know, it's very difficult. You know, you can get the the players, uh, them against us mentality, against, you know, the press. You can get them against mentality, against, you know, the rest of the football league and the way we're being treated by referees. You can't do that against your own fans. He he had to try and bring us with him. And most of the fans that are still ASCII in are, well, we've got to give a manager a chance. we, We shouldn't be sacking a manager after 10 games. But that's not, oh, I think he'll get us through it. I think he's a good manager. I think he'll turn it around. That's just, well, I think it's too early. Whereas mm. the people who are saying ask you out are basically saying, well, I've seen enough. I don't think he's the man to do it. There's nothing here that's given me anything to cling on to. So, yeah, I think it's just the, the way that he is leading this football club. And he needs to come and say something now at some point in the next few weeks, particularly if we don't win the next two. He's got to try and say to the fans, look, all right, I've made mistakes and I need, I need, we need to get together as a club here. We need to get our backs against the wall because we've slipped into trouble and we all need to work to get out of it. Fair enough, I'd accept that from him. I'd, I'd, that'd be a, a, maybe a starting point for us to turn things around. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't we, think we, he will. No, I don't think he will either. I don't think he's the sort of manager no. that does. I think he's pretty pretty stubborn, probably. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how it goes, Ollie. But yeah, th- there you go. I think it's it's good to give both sides of it. And you've got a few tweets from people in terms of yeah. both sides of the argument, haven't you? Really? Yeah. So Twitter's been busy today. I've, um, very busy. So some good debate about the town. And yeah, great um, tweet from Chris Hudson, kind of talking back to recruitment and a, a lack of strategy. Yeah. So we've got we we have a centre back playing left back in Beckles, and then both the centre backs are really one paced. And we also signed too many midfielders, which is true as well. Um, and then there's some quality in there, but yeah, it seems to be that the less of some of the parts. And then um, interesting tweet from Mark um, Mark Scott, who um, he says, yeah, the team of literally of new players and gelling sporadically, not good enough to sense any yet and conceding many points attack, but sign lower, lower league forwards. Frustration. Um, that can deliver Portsmouth levels and Gillingham levels, and but that's League One, so he's saying there's still time. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But yeah, it's and it's interesting. I just tweeted um, out while we're doing the podcast, kind of other, other people's scores, and they started firing in quite quickly. Um, so Shoes Wright, who um, does that Shoes box, said four. James Hill said three and a half, four. Um, mm. The former groundsman Andy said three. A, lad, a guy called Stephen Finch said three. So you know, all pretty consistent in the same kind of bracket. Yeah, I I wanted to bring this up as well during this bit, but I've I've sensed a bit of a turn after Saturday. Um, yeah. And me and Sean were just talking about this before we start recording. There was a there was a thing on Facebook two weeks ago. You know, you have a poll and it gets a couple hundred people in that gives you a good snapshot of the fan base. And you know, asking outs were at twenty twenty five percent something like that. So I did, I did one on Twitter last night, which had about 200 people, I think, on it in the end. And we're up to sort of 60% ASCII out. You know, it's the, the favoured result. And, and I even I'm surprised by that. You know, everyone's like, you know, I had a lot of people, and particularly Mark Scott, you mentioned him yesterday. He seems like a very reasonable bloke, you know, and the sort of person that, you know, sometimes I can be. I can sit back and take a, a wider view. But you have to be honest about how you feel about these things. You, you can't, you know, just say, well, a manager should stay because there's only 10 games gone if it's that bad. Um, but, you know, to, to see the, 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 the point of view of the people to saying ASCII in is maybe starting to be in the minority, if you take that as a sort of pulse of the fan base, I'm surprised we've reached that point this quickly. I, and, and that's because it has been that bad, in my view. It's not fans just going mental because, oh, that's what Premiership fans do now. Everyone wants change and that's the way football's gone. No, we're still all Salopians. We're still mm-hmm. all level-headed fans. We didn't go mental from last season just because we did well. We're still a normal fan base. We're not trying to hound a manager out, I don't think. But, that, but to me, it shows when you're asking a, a poll across the fans that it feels like that, that you've, you've got a bunch of fans who are far from impressed with the manager. And, and you can't pretend that that's not happening right now. And if we lose at Walsall, it ain't going to make the situation any better, that's for sure. You know, we look back on, I look back on what you put at Scunthorpe Glen where you said about the ASCII Barmy Army chant. Yeah, yeah. I've not heard it once yesterday. No, nope, not at all. I've hardly heard it at any game. And that, again, comes back to the connection with the fans. Yeah. You try and, if you're on board, if you get on the the manager train straight away, yep. the fans will get behind you. Yep. Yep. But there's not been that connection from day one. And and we are we, we are very, um, I think we're good fans. I think we do. Yeah, definitely. We're knowledgeable. I do think sometimes we're, we're too nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this situation, we've got to be realistic. And even now, no one, no, there's no, there was no hounding out of manager yesterday. It wasn't Mickey no. Mellon-esque at the end of his era because we are ten games in, and we're. No. I think that there's still going to be a long way down the line. It it can continue to get worse from here, and I still don't think we'll see it at the Meadow for weeks and weeks. You know, if we lost at Walsall, I still think the atmosphere will probably be quite good against Accrington, and people will mm-hmm. want to get behind us to win. Um, but it is, there's definitely an, an air of change amongst the fan base from Saturday, and it, and it is understandable when you've thrown in two pretty ranked performances back to back. 
so yeah, it, 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 there's been a change, Ollie. That's all we'll say, really. And it's one to keep an eye on, really, because there's there's definitely big games coming up now that can make that go one way or the other again. But I, I do think that it's completely right. And I hate to be the one that said I told you so, but I flagged this up in pre-season when he joined about how he came across some of those early interviews and the way that there was no... Well, we both said fans. it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. And hate to be proved right in some respects because we did, you know, as a fan, you can see it straight away, can't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm i one of them, and I said before, I've got you've got to give him time. Um, but yeah, you say, nothing inspired me from that first interview. He was talking about, you know, I want to come and get this club promoted. Oh, great, yeah, it was easy to say, but... <laughs> the first I can still remember how I feel when I saw the first interview oh, I just felt yeah. like what is this <laughs> and I, I used to listen to I used to listen to every single minute of Paul Hurst's interviews and yes Paul Hurst was a fantastic manager and yeah he's struggling now but still by God he was a good manager and he talked and he was interesting and he had a bit of humour and he was fun ASCII bores the death out of me. And, yeah. you, you, you used to listen to all Mickey Mellon's interviews as well, Ollie. It's not like only Hurst because he was doing well last season. Yeah, I used to listen to Mickey Mellon's as yeah, well. exactly, exactly, yeah. There we go. I think let's leave ASCII there. I think that's yeah. a, well, a fair Well, we need to we'll ask cu- a question yet. Oh, yeah, so uh, we'll ask the question then. You know, I'll, I'll start with me. Should ASCII, you know, do you want ASCII to go now? Should ASCII go now because of this bad start and where we've ended up? And for me, I'm not quite in the should he go camp yet, personally. And a lot of people on Twitter keep saying I'm trying to get him out or have some vendetta. I'm not. I'm just reflecting the fact we've had a crap start and he's not been particularly good for us so far. But I still think there's time to turn it around. It's not the end of the world this season yet. There's still time to get out of trouble. But as as Sean just said then, I think it was a good description, he's on the verge. So for me, I'm on the verge myself. I still don't think he should go. I, I'm in the view that I think 10 games is a little bit too early to change it. But, you know, we're into a five to eight game period now where basically if he balls us up, then I would be thinking we really need to change it. So I'm not quite asking he should go yet. What about you, Sean? I am. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, it's tough, isn't it? It's, it, it? Like I say, it's on the edge. Um, mm. I think this week's massive. If we get nothing out of this week, it's curtains. Yeah. But then the part, the other second part of that question would be, would the club do it? No, I don't think they would. Yeah. I think I, I think there's too much money, um, money pride yeah. as well. I think sometimes there needs to be a moment now where they go, right, okay, you need to swallow the pride and go, we've ballsed up on this one, okay? It's not worked out. Now we've got to draw a line under the sand and move on and get somebody in that does the job. Um, but I am, I am very much 95% ASCII out. Mm, yeah, Is right. it right time to go now? I said, if he goes tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me. No, no. But I think there's better candidates out there available now that will do a better job. Okay, that's a fair summary, Sean. What about you, Ollie? At half-time on Saturday, <laughs> yeah. I would have been, yeah, he needs to go. Um, and it's, I've, I've dropped really quickly because I've been trying to be quite calm and trying to take, be, you know, take the bigger view. But yeah, we're 10 games in and we've got eight points we've got uh you know above you know we spent some decent money this season and we signed some good players and i'm i think i'd maybe give him two more games um he's mm. got to get something in the next two games so we've got um warsaw and then we've got Accrington at home and then we've got and then we've got fleetwood um and then it just starts going into yeah some really tough fixtures tough. going into yeah. so we've got fleetwood then we've got sunderland then we've got barnsley then we've got Oxford who are really struggling. If he's a manager when we play Oxford and you know we've only we haven't won any of those games he's got to go and I just, yeah, as, as you guys have been saying on this pod and we've been kind of, yeah, I've been really, I think tonight I've been, yeah, finally getting to kind of my head clear. I just don't think he's going to be able to turn it around and, you know, maybe he can and maybe he can prove us wrong. But I'm, I'm really, I, I think that 95% there, Sean, is a great way of summarising and I feel exactly the same. Yeah, 
I think, and as well, points wise and fan, uh, I don't know, fan view wise, he's in a hole. He's, he's but we're not. Don't feel optimistic, out. do you? No, no, no don't think I, he's going to do no, it. No, and you know, it, regardless of what happens this season, I'm 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 resigned to having just a, a, the best boring dull mid season table. You know, it's it's going to take a fair recovery. You know, you look at the starts of seasons that have been this bad. The best we've ever recovered to is like thirteenth place. So mm. don't aim higher than that. It's very very unlikely. And a lot of those seasons when we started this badly, we have got relegated. But yeah, exactly. And the team, fortunately, then it makes the league table look a bit better. So you've got Oxford, who have got five points after 10 games, and Plymouth have got three. There's some so, awful teams. So there's some division, really awful teams. Bradford have got seven points. So, you know, you know, you say you get around one point per game, you know, you get 46 points. That's normally enough to get relegated from League One. You know, you need over 50 points. So at the moment, we're averaging less than, um, we're averaging less than like, you know, 40 or low 40s points. Oh, That's going to get you relegated, isn't it? Well, yeah, since by by about forty six times, well, probably. Um, uh, yeah, forty six point zero points. Basically, we're going to get thirty seven points. We're even get forty points. So we yeah, get thirty seven get... points. That's the average we're at the moment. And worth noting, most of the games we've played are teams in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, we've not played hardly anyone any good yet. No, we play, only the only decent team we've played is Charlton sixth from Portsmouth first. Yeah, but Peterborough, Doncaster, Sunderland, Barnsley, Accrington, and. Yeah, it's not looking good, is it, lads? Oh, my no, you know you mentioned about uh, the, the games coming up, and you're saying probably the end. The Oxford game should could well should be the end if we've not got anything up to then. The is that too the late again? Is, still, is that too uh, late again? Remember when Hurst came in, and he said it was it could almost be. later on. He admitted later on that maybe he came in too late. It mm. could be though. That's the problem at the moment. The table is very false. Not as in our position, but I mean, is it's still you could win three games and then be in yep. the top ten. Yeah, yeah. But come the end of that that sequence of games, we could be cut adrift, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, right, you need to win six, you need to you need to win about four or five games consecutively yep. to get yourself mid table again. Um, you don't want, I don't want us to be left in a position like we we were when when Mellon left and and Hurst come in. Um, I I don't think we'll ever get cut adrift this season. In all honesty, I think no. that you'll end up in a in a in a battle of eight teams down the bottom who are all just crap from the teams we've seen this season and from the other ways that I've seen Oxford are apparently absolutely awful this season so there are, there are, there are a raft of teams that are really poor this season now you're guaranteed two or three of them will pick up and get out of trouble and you've got to hope that we're one of them but you know you've got to say that we're down there in that bottom eight and we're probably going to be scrapping for a long time yeah right up to Christmas to try and get out of it and if we're not out of it by then yeah is it too late to change a the manager then potentially will we do it anyway or will he just let this this car crash ride for the rest of the season Roland could do that I, I, I really could not think about what Roland do that because he's on a three year contract that's a lot of money for this club to just bin off for no reason particularly when we never bin off money for no reason although we do tend to sack off field players quite uh, so people every now and again they sort of just move out the door but I suspect they're not getting paid as much as the manager so I don't know. I mean, one last thing to round up on this last 10 games is, and I'll quickly go through this, Ollie, and you guys can just chirp up at the end, is we had to think about best players and worst players, you know, away from ASCII. And I think we've, we've got in the, the column for best players, Coleman, Anthony Grant, Greg Doherty, Wally, Angle. Would you like to raise me any more than those those five? Norburn looks like a decent signer. Uh, yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, think, I think Josh Lauren has got some ability. Yeah, he looks like him. a decent player as well. Yeah. He's, he hasn't really done too much, has he? No, and Emmanuel could potentially be as well. I think if if we, we see how he develops, but obviously, and then in worst players, we've clearly got Waterfall, the Sharp. Um, interestingly, Ollie, you're at this, and you put Sadler and Beckles. I think uh, I think Sad, I think Waterfall's brought them down, and they're not definitely. performing as well as they did last season. No, they were ab- ab- exceptional last season. And, There's and no trust. No, there's no true. trust. Uh, Beckles looks a shadow of himself. 
from last season. The drop-ins knocked him massively, hasn't it, right at yeah. the start of the season, hugely. Um, and I'd also, to be honest with you, in terms of worst players, I'm happy to throw Gilead in there, even though he is an attacking, exciting player. He's very, contributing very little. And Haynes as well, who obviously had his little run, was terrible and has been dropped. But the odd thing about him, he he wasn't doing that, wasn't doing anything. Then he finally did create some assists. Then he got dropped. And he dropped again. Mm. And then me, we're back to ASCII. Yeah, Gilead for me is... We, I've had a conversation with somebody about how they rate players that have come in. For me, Gilead is better than Rodman. Mm. But Rodman was very consistent over last season. Correct. If Gilead can get that consistency, we've got ourselves a hell of a player. I do think, individually, we have replaced better. I think Anthony Grant will be a better Abu Agogo. Yeah, Agogo wouldn't get in team this year. No, and, but you look how well he's doing at Coventry. He's not doing well at all. Junior Brown are walking to the team, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um <laughs> Apart from the obvious of your Nolan, your Toto, your Colton Morris, Dean Henderson, Godfrey, those cannot be replaced. That's mm. Those players were remarkable for us and they were great servants for us. But I do think we have got players in that team and I, I still stick by it. That could be a, te- a top 10 team. I still believe that. But I don't think we've got a top 10 manager. I don't think we've got a League One manager. Mm. I, don't think we, mm. I, I, just, I think this is a step too far for the manager. I don't think being at a club for 30 odd years has helped it doesn't prime you for the next step too quickly does it you, you, you've stuck in your your old ways and your old your old ways of doing things in a, in a conference scenario if you will that's probably difficult to adapt into we can't pretend that it hasn't found this transition difficult can we there's, there's no doubt that he has you know by looking mm. at where we are in the league so it, it obviously has been a difficult transition for him um, he's gone through his honeymoon period he's gone through his transition period he does it now or he falls on his sword and, and that's that I guess um, yeah. but there we go I think that's a fair review of the first 10 games and the sort of 12 games as well. We should just throw in the fact that we threw our cup game away against another League One team, which was crap as well. And I say that Man City game was a bit poor in the, in the checker trade for as much as anyone cares about that. So you throw those two things in as well. It doesn't really feel too positive. Obviously, they want a penalty shootout. I should just say that is a slight positive, I suppose. 10 games in, I guess we should probably just have a, have a view on this week by week now, Ollie. It's going to have to be a, a sort of... Um, a sort of view on where Aski's heading as, as we go through every podcast now and we can ask our guests as we go. So, yeah, we'll wrap that up there. I think it was, it was worth doing that, Ollie, and it's always an interesting time of the season for the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And <laughs> yeah, it's not, doesn't look, yeah, the outlook doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. So, we'll wrap that up and we'll move on to looking at uh, the next couple of games and, and the predictions. Well, that's bounced kindly here and Sadler's gone through and Sadler, saved by Hart, denies his old club. First moment of real danger for West Ham. So predictions. We both went for wins last week, Ollie. Naive as usual. No oh, points. Silly. And we're still being absolutely awful this year on, on predictions. So um, there we go. I say next up we've got Walsall in the week. I think there's no more needs to be said about this game than they're doing all right this season, although they lost to Akron on Saturday. It's a difficult game. They hate the fact that we did well last season, their fans. They'll be bang up for it. I suspect our away attendance will be pretty poor compared to a lot of seasons we've had, particularly last season when we took tons there and it was a great atmosphere. A Tuesday night game at Warsaw when we're doing this badly, ugh, our attendance will be well down on that. Um, so let's mark that one off as difficult and probably we'll end up losing at the best, get a draw. But then we get Accrington back at home, who are having a good season in all fairness. You know, they're, they're up there in the in top six, I think, aren't they? Something like that. Hard to beat, you know, got some pretty schoolful players from everything I'm reading about them. And so if we've come into that off the back of poor Saturday at home, maybe lose to Warsaw, God, that's a difficult game for Askey and the boys, isn't it? And, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to predict anything particularly positive in that either, is it? I don't know. What do you think, Sean? It's crazy to think we sat here going, we're worried about Accrington standards. Oh, yeah, what's happened? Back on last season. God. I, I would go 
defeat at Warsaw and scrape a draw against mm. Accrington. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, that would be bad. It still. all depends on what happens Tuesday. If we go there and get an absolute thumping, yeah. um, it could really, really knacker morale yeah. um, for fans and players. But knowing us, um, we'll probably go and win 1-0 or something stupid on Tuesday night. Our record at Warsaw is terrible as well. We have not oh, won no. there for such a long time as well. So yeah, for no. that to be the place, Askey's got to go and turn it around and have that good performance. If he does it, he gets double credit in some respects, to be honest with you, because town fans are baying for a win there after the record that we've got there. So if he did get a win there, then that's actually maybe the start of turning things around. So he's got some chances to, to do, do good things, really. But I think I'm probably in the same boat as, as Sean, to be honest with you. I can see us getting a poor result at Walsall and then coming back and the pressure being on a bit similar to the to the South End game a couple of weeks ago um, and us actually getting something positive. So I'm going to actually go for us to win 1-0 against Accrington but we'll have lost at Walsall for all it matters. So I'm going to go for 1-0 Accrington but there's nowhere to hide in the next few weeks, Ollie, before you do your prediction because we've got Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for the next three weeks. So it comes thick and fast, doesn't it? But anyway, go on. What are you going for for next next Saturday? We're going to lose. We're going to lose on Tuesday and we're going to lose 2 1 on Saturday. He's gone, isn't he? He's gone, Ollie's He's gone. He's gone. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, I'm going to win some pointsmen in, in this prediction game. Well, yeah, you could keep it. Well, we keep saying that and neither of us get these results anywhere near. So, um, yeah, there we go. It's going to be another tough week in all, in all fairness. So I just can't see us not conceding. And oh, Appleton yeah. Stanley have got a record of scoring goals. So. We don't score, we can see goals, so we're going to lose. And Walsall are living off pace this season from what I've been reading about them, which frightens the life out of me. But I just feel, remember, did you go to Walsall away when, um, when, when, um, when Mellon had been sacked? Yes. I probably that did, yeah. Poor. So I just, can, just feel like it's going to be a deja vu moment for those fans who do go. And maybe I'll go, but M5, M6 on Tuesday night, it's not really it's, going to appeal to me. And it's an iFollow job as well. Which is, oh, is it an iFollow? Well, yeah, it's a Tuesday night game away from home, isn't it? So it's an eye follow. There'll be no sound and commentary. It'll just be. <laughs> they did get your money back, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> eventually. Yeah, it's <laughs> but that's true. Again, another thing I think could take a couple of you know fifty. If it's an eye follow, I'm definitely not the, going. I'll the, probably watch it from yeah. home and maybe turn it off. We'll see. So anyway, Ollie, the last thing on this agenda before we move on for the week is you've got Oddcast po- Ollie podcast recommendations. Yeah, What's so so I listen to loads of podcasts and I thought it'd be good to maybe share the ones that I listen to and yeah, I do a lot of driving and just love to listen to podcasts and I found a really funny podcast um, and it's, um, it's the Peter Crouch podcast which I was a little oh, bit sceptical about, about um, but it's genuinely absolutely hilarious and it's really interesting because he, he on, answers questions genuinely honestly so so two little insights so one of them you know they always say the players with those kind of little man bags yeah and all the guys on the so the guys who are doing the podcast with them thought they were boot bags so they weren't they're basically just like yeah got their creams and stuff and Peter Crouch goes on this really funny story about how basically footballers never have shower gel in those bags so normally they expect them to be the dressing room but sometimes they'll have like one lad will have like you know a stolen shower gel from a from a hotel and everyone ends up sharing it which is quite funny and also then another one is that is one of his (laughs) craziest moments is that Iniesta wanted to have a photo with him and he didn't quite understand it so yeah so it's a tale. Peter Crouch podcast is a good one to listen to, and he's he's, he's genuinely quite funny. Um, some of the things I can't really repeat on here, but yeah, yeah. it was very funny. I'm not surprised by that because I've only ever read two footballers' autobiographies. One of them was Dave Edwards, which I read this summer on holiday. The other one was Peter Crouch's autobiography, which I picked up cheap in, a, in an airport once about four years ago. And he comes across as quite funny in his yeah, it was really so really good. So worth listening to. This I'm going to maybe do this a bit for the last next few weeks, but yeah, All definitely right, listen go. to the Peter Crouch podcast. Good stuff, and that'll that'll leave us where we are. I think we're, last thing I was going to say is how are your Telford ladies doing this season, Sean? Very well, very well. We yeah, um, I'll be uh, I'll be knocking on Roland's do- door soon for a little promotion. <laughs> no, we're doing well. We've we've played four one four. Um, we're second in the league at the moment, but 
we've got a plus 18 goal difference so yeah if you want to come and see goals come down to our place on a Sunday but now it's enjoyable I'm really enjoying it there I know I'm working for the enemy and I do get told that every Saturday <laughs> yeah. um, they're not the enemy Sean we never, we've never played them in a competitive game <laughs> since the conference season that's for sure no. No, are you mates with Gav Cowan yet? I have, I've, I've spoken to Gav that's um, who we can I, have as our manager get him in <laughs> get him in it's done you have, <laughs> Sean have, a, word him, have yeah. a word of him on Saturday Ask him if he wants a Shrewsbury job, and then we'll then we'll send an email to Brian, and we said done. I've got a new manager. Yeah. Oh, no, there we go. There we go. What, <laughs> we'll get you a job as well. I'm all doing that. Ollie, what do you fancy? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks. I'll, I'll stick to what I do. <laughs> there we go. Then good stuff. Well, thanks for joining us again, Sean. It's always yeah, good to have you back on. Thanks say, for coming. Um, no problem. Thank you always you. give a good bit of insight. It's it's nice to get someone that does something in the football field and, and understands tactics and stuff. Because I know Ollie's a scholar of tactics, but you know me, I just live on passion and bluster and seem to get my way through most podcasts. So yeah, <laughs> um, good luck to your Telford ladies for the rest of the season, and, and hopefully we'll get you back on before the end of the season. Whether yeah. Askey's manager then or not, we'll keep an open view on. But yes, um, thanks for thanks for uh, joining us. And thank you. Yeah, we'll be back next week, won't we, Ollie? Um, Christ knows what the hell we'll be talking about next week. Jesus, tough probably week the same up, things again. <laughs> yeah, we'll just play this out again if we've lost a couple of ten games. But um, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully, it's uh, given you a sort of nice review of where we are. And um, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday. Cheers, guys. Oh!